Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to the HD Branch podcast. The weekly companion to your printed copy of HD Branch where I, your host Karishma Kunzang from Team Branch give you a behind the scenes of what you'll be reading on Sunday. There'll be interviews with the biggest Bollywood celebrities talking about things that matter to them. You'll also get to know a little more about the columns by Veer Sanghvi and Seema Goswami from the columnists themselves. Why should you listen to it? Well, it's one of India's top Sunday magazines. It has the best editors, columnists and opinion leaders bringing you what's happening around town. Listen on for an additional dose of brunch. This series is available on hdsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Hey guys, how's it going? What do the movies Rangila, Raja Hindustani, Kuch Kuch Hota Hai and Jab Bhi Met Habit Common? Turns out it's designer Manish Malhotra who's a favorite among Bollywood celebrities and the cover star of this week's edition of HD Branch. As he completes 30 years in the fashion industry, HD Branch editor Jamal Sheikh catches up with him and they look back at his journey over the years, his favorites among the looks he's created and what he thinks of his designs being copied. First and foremost, Manish Malhotra, happy birthday. It's December 5, 2020 and you turn 54 years old today, though you look younger than ever before. Congratulations also for the HD Brunch cover, which is out tomorrow and which celebrates 30 years of Manish Malhotra being in fashion. My first question to you, Manish, has to be the obvious one. Tell me, how can you possibly celebrate 30 years in fashion when you still look just about 29? Thanks for the cover. And uh, thank you for saying these lovely things to me always. You know, I always go back with a little more weight uh, uh, once I meet you because I feel like, oh my God, I've like, my boosted my, uh, what should I say, my mind, heart, everything. <laughs> but 30 years has been... Um, so it was five years of modeling, 30 years of costume, 35 years, bus aise hi guzar gaye. It's been so hectic, busy, and also I think I'm a person who thrives to work more, stress, and work extra hours, almost 18 hours a day or 20 hours a day. So it's been quite a journey from Sridevi to Janvi, from Rekha to Janvi, Sara, Ananya, Tara, uh, to brides, bridegrooms, to weddings, fashion shows, name it. <laughs> Fantastic. Manish, you've dressed some of the most beautiful women in Bollywood. Pick five favorite looks of heroines that you have created down the ages. Look, it's very difficult for me because I think I came with that mindset where I've, I, I've loved films so much and been so wide-eyed about it and so inspired by all the films that I saw as a child. I think I lived in the theater. I'm very grateful to my mother for not letting me, for letting me be and in, in, or, or supporting me on this. Then I think... I came in the late 80s, looks were changing. I came with a real, you know, uh, definite aim that I must change the looks of the film and I must curate looks and get in styling and all of it. So it's very difficult for me to say which will be those five looks. There are so many films. But um, I would love to tell you the, the heroines that I was so inspired by. Yes. 
and which is Meena Kumari from Pakiza, Mughle Azam, yes. Madhubala, Nargis, Rikha, uh, Mumtaz, I mean, Zina Taman, these, Vaida Rahman. I mean, the list is endless. Their style, the way they wore their saris, the way they looked, the way they spoke. Yes. I mean, for me, that's been such a study, such an inspiration. And it led to so many films from Rangila to Raja Hindustani to say, you know, Kuch Kuch Hota Hai, to a Jabbi Met, to a student of the year, to a, you know, it's just been, to a Dostana, to, it's just been a long, long list of films and actresses. Are you not naming five because you have far more heroines who'd be very upset if you don't name them? How do, how do, you, how do you name five when there are so many <laughs> looks that you love? Totally. Uh, Manish, is the business of Indian wear more a wedding-driven business today than ever before? Well, I think uh, uh, even before the entire design uh, fraternity started, uh, which is about 30 years old, probably 35 years old, we've had a very strong culture and tradition, right? So even when you saw our weddings were always, if you see 50s, 40s, or you see that we dressed up at weddings, right? It's been, or Eid, right. or Diwali, right. and you know, occasion-oriented. Right. But I think it really got a lot of momentum with the films in the 90s, like a Kuch Kuch Hota Hai, the Sangeet, the dancing. I think the NRI kids at that time who, you know, you know, young Indian kids living in America, London, all over, who probably are torn between cultures of their parents and where they are schooling or, you know, studying and their friends. And so they kind of found that, oh my God, this is glamorous, modern, yes. and yet traditional, that marriage of modernity with tradition, with all the work that we did in the 90s. Yes. And it became really enormous. In fact, that's the reason that even I thought to myself that I, I don't have a store, I've not got into mainstream. And that actually encouraged me to get into mainstream as well. Right. Because my work started being born at weddings and so, again, so for me, it's always been about weddings and celebration. Right. Manish, Manish Malhotra today is a household name, but is also a magnet for fakes. How do you react when a local market sells Manish Malhotra forged designs? But like, like they say, imitation is the best form of flattery. And it's not just me. So many designers are revered and copied and all of it. Sometimes it's really, really annoying. And I think it's going... And now there are, there's a lot of legal help that's coming where you can take a stand or Correct. you can, you know, put a stop to... And uh, so that is, that's a new, uh, you know, thought process that's coming in. But otherwise, I think um, designs to be enjoyed, designs to be celebrated, but designs also, I think for each designer, it's become so important to come with your story even more specifically. Right. And I'm getting even more and more specific, especially after the lockdown. Yes. So we all, in this big, big, huge circle, own our looks and own our uh, mindset and our uh, vision. Finally, after 30 years in business, what's the way forward for Manish Malhotra? What's the way forward for Manish Malhotra, especially after these six months of lockdown, introspecting, looking back? I think for me, it's, it's, uh, I have a lot of verticals today. I have bridal wear, I have a diffusion wear, men's wear, women's wear, movies, um, makeup line, jewelry line with Rani Wala. You know, various, starting with comb. And I think the most important thing today would be go more deeper in all your verticals, you know, strive on quality, strive on newness. Um, I just now made a couture film. Um, it's so another, another medium of expression. Yes. Find more and more mediums of storytelling, expression. And uh, I think that's the way forward. Thank you, Manish. Um, I must say that it feels almost criminal the way you're looking right now to Oof. do a podcast. Everything should be on camera. 
When Thank do we you. see uh, you not behind the camera but in front of it? Well, front of it, uh, I, I don't think I'll ever act. <laughs> but I'm doing a, I'm, I'm judging a show for MTV with Sushmita Sen and Malika Dua. Nice. It's for the uh, fashion influencer. That's the only thing that I can do in front of the camera. But otherwise, I'm better behind the camera. But uh, Manish, uh, what about directing? Uh, we know you're associated with films. You enjoy films. Will we see you as a film director one day? Well, you know, honestly, I wanted to be a film director even 30 years ago before I started. And I've always been writing characters, thinking about stuff. It's always always been in my, uh, you know, like I love clothes and I love films so much. So maybe someday that 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 pure love or that that first love will uh, rung Laiga screen. <laughs> All the best. Thank you very very much for talking to us. Thank and you. Congratulations on the brunch cover. And Jamal, I'm going to call you. Uh, uh, you know, we we are in touch and then we are not in touch. But I think I'm going to call you more often because you make me feel so good. <laughs> Thank you. It's always good meeting you to the next 20 years, to Thank the 50th so year of Manish Mahotra. Thank you. Have you been to Agra? Everyone says it's a shame if you live in Delhi and haven't been there at least once. My first time was when I was about five years old and we went on a family road trip. Besides running around the Taj, it was a memorable trip because my hand got caught in the car door. (laughs) But more recently, I went there with a friend for a day-long trip and we ended up doing everything else but seeing the Taj. We went shopping, bought some leather bags and ate a lot of petards. Did we wish we'd seen the Taj? Yeah, the thought did cross our minds, but we know we'll be going back someday. Also, because as breathtaking as the monument is, it's been just that for me, not a tribute of love. I would rather have my partner uh, make breakfast in bed for me or immortalize me with the song. Well, HT branch columnist V. Sangvi has a much deeper connection with the place. Listen on to find out what he has to say about his recent visit to the city. It's a funny thing, but people come to India from all over the world just to go to Agra. Nearly every tourist who comes to India wants to go and see the Taj Mahal. And yet it's odd that so many Indians haven't gone. I find that strange, but then I'm not your average person because I have a special link with Agra. Sometime before I was born, my mother, who'd been childless for many years, went to the Dargah of Salim Chishti at Fatehpur Sikri in Agra and asked for a child. The net result was, as you've guessed, I came along. So for me, Agra is a bit more than a tourist destination. It's a destination without which I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. But the real reason people go to Agra is the Taj, as I said. And it is a stunning, stunning building. If you haven't been there, you've only seen photographs, you've only seen it in movies, but you've missed something. Nothing quite captures the beauty of the Taj. I went to Agra a week ago and I just stared at it. And what I hadn't realized was that when the sun hit the Taj, very subtly the color of the marble changed every 10 minutes, every 15 minutes or so. So here's my suggestion. Whatever you're going to do, if you're in Delhi, then you can just drive to Agra, there's no problem. If you're in Bombay or some other city, then wait till the pandemic cools down a little bit. But please, for God's sake, go to Agra. It is one of the world's great, great destinations. The Taj is one of the world's seven wonders. And if you're an Indian, it's shameful if you haven't seen it. (music) 
What are some of the most annoying questions people have asked you? Well, for the last near decade, what's top my list is a never-ending when are you getting married? Whether it's a wedding, an innocent family gathering, or even just bumping into my parents' friends at some random market, this question has a way of creeping in. And others that make it to my list include questions about how much weight I have gained during the lockdown and what I have planned at home that I can't step out for an evening of partying. Uh, How do I react to it? I smile awkwardly and slither away hopefully unnoticed. Or if I'm in a mood, then I scandalize whoever's asking me these uh, silly questions with an equally silly answer, but only if my mom's not around. Advice that you haven't asked for is always going to be there. And that's something that uh, makes you want to build certain boundaries and barriers. And that's something that HD Brunch columnist Rehana Munir has spoken about this week. Listen on for her take. So we all have our buttons, our boundaries, the barriers, the lines we draw around ourselves that we don't want others to breach. But, uh, uh, you know, it happens all the time anyway. I'll give you an example. I've uh, been a migraine sufferer all my life and uh, I think that gives people the license to throw all kinds of advice at me and it's generally framed as a question. Uh, And you'll know why it really sets me off. Uh, One of the most common things that I've heard and it's odd because uh, it's really bizarre. Have you had a jalebi at 4am before doing yoga? Because that seems to be a universal cure for migraine. Apart, of course, from having kids, which is the universal cure for everything. Um, One has, of course, learned to grin and bear it for the sake of one's own peace of mind and the preservation of relationships. Uh, But, you know, there is another side to this too. I find that I ask piercing questions of others that are quite annoying as well. Um, You know, to do with people's deepest, darkest fears and desires and anxieties. And... All I get in return or in reply is a bewildered smile or an awkward silence. So I'm implicating myself fully here too. We are by and large a questioning species. But there's something about the timing, the inflection, the body language accompanying a question uh, that can really trigger me. Uh, This week's column looks at this idea. It's about those really annoying questions that we get in our day-to-day lives from people, uh, usually strangers. And uh, some of us are more patient than others. Uh, Some of us completely shut ourselves out and off. But uh, most of us need to kind of negotiate uh, our way through these uh, difficult situations. The column looks at this. It looks at this idea. It has fun with this idea as ever. And uh, I hope you have fun with it and as well as learn something from it, perhaps, you know, to defend yourself against these annoying questions. Bye. Her dreamy voice and relatable lyrics have made her a favourite ever since she made her debut with the single Let Me Go in 2018. I'm talking about Delhi-based musician Hanita Bambri, who's released EPs and many singles since then. More recently, she's been getting quite creative with memes that make you nod along. Do check them out on her Instagram handle. Here's her acoustic cover of the Moon Song by Karen O oh from the 2014 movie Her. Hope you enjoy it. Mm. 
Hello everyone my name is Anita Bhamri I'm a singer songwriter from Delhi and this is the moon song by Karano Um hanging on the moon My dear I'll be there soon Hope you enjoyed listening to that and hope you have an amazing Sunday brunch. The weekend is when you take a break from a hectic week whether it's work from home or work from work. It's also a day to develop perspective on things by not just consuming news but also analyzing it by listening to different points of views and figuring out what you feel about it. We hope we've been able to do just that with today's HD Brunch podcast. Feel free to give us feedback and suggestions on HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or DM us directly at HD Brunch on Instagram and Twitter. To listen to more podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. I will see you back here next weekend with another dose of entertainment that keeps things real. Till then, happy brunching guys. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.